0: Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is Bruce Aldrich. I take the pictures and provide technical support for theweeklydriver.com. My colleague is James Rea. He's an automotive columnist for the Bay Area News Group and publisher of theweeklydriver.com. We just got back from the GPU Technology Conference in San Jose. The purpose of our attendance at the conference was to keep informed on the technology that will be required to bring us autonomous cars. One of the problems that computer people have run into is analyzing and storing what they call the massive graphics information that autonomous cars generate from their multiple cameras and sensors. The vendors at this conference are working on a solution to this problem. This podcast features interviews with three vendors in the autonomous driving field. Our first interview is with a representative of a company called Autonomous Stuff. Our second interview is with a company called Too Simple. Too Simple is an autonomous long-haul trucking company that's currently in operation. Our last guest is with a Chinese car maker that has two technology centers in California. So let's get started with Cameron with his company, Autonomous Stuff.
1: Anyway, my name's Cameron, um, and I work for Autonomous Stuff. So we're basically the, um, sh- you know, shovel-and-pick suppliers to the autonomous gold mine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and our goal as a company is to accelerate the adoption of autonomous systems by kind of handing over to researchers the harder parts so creating our last interview a is vehicle, with Robert so Liu steered by wire his
0: company is um, manufactures cars in China and they have two development how centers do you the LiDAR, in, how many in the United LiDAR States do you need, how
1: many cameras do you need um, we're the only sort of non-automotive supplier of Delphi Continental Radar um, up until we existed you couldn't just go buy an automotive grade radar so we think so Yep. so we basically created a channel where we support it technically we write all the literature for it and manuals and then brought delphi into the autonomous testing world basically and here at the
0: show you have a uh, a lexus suv and and what exactly this is a fully Fully level four you
1: said correct it could be level anything you want so our our task is really to create a safe interface that's tuned specifically to this vehicle so that involves really a year of tuning the steering so it doesn't fault out the actual Lexus OEM system, but so it reacts properly for our autonomous pursuits. And then we kit out a sensor suite or what we call a perception system, which typically involves at least three different modalities of sensing, LiDAR, radar cameras, maybe a thermal camera, and always coupling that with a GPS system. Um, And then We obviously integrate this all into a vehicle so it looks clean and looks as if an OEM has done it. Um, And then we hand it off to a researcher who's typically going to test something with it. So they're either going to put their own navigational software on it or they're going to put their own sensor on it and see how the system interacts with their sensor or camera or computer. Um, And the spectrum of customers using this stuff is is incredible. And you said that you can actually drive this from the back seat? Yes. With Uh, a joystick? Or I can do waypoint following and have it drive itself based on GPS coordinates or based on a lidar map. And you said you've done that on a racetrack. Yes. Is that Thunderhill or other? I've done it at Thunderhill, and I was also there's a I'm in a show called um, um, Mindfield, and there's an episode uh-huh. of Mindfield called the Trolley Problem, and I'm at Big Willow on the drift course, going like <laughs> 70, under a black cloth in the back seat with the actor in the passenger seat on a closed course holy course. smokes yeah yeah and the point of that the trolley problem is is a thought exercise we talk about a lot in autonomous cars which which basically says do if i can stay on the same path and kill two people or can i change paths and only kill one continuing on, the driver or yeah just or, or the computer right okay. it's like how do you make these ethical decisions right um but yeah and those are the fun parts of the job but most of my time is spent selling these vehicles to all number of silicon valley startups and universities and bigger are there many to.
0: or any competitors
1: um nobody that does everything that we do There's certainly competitors that make interfaces for vehicles um, and we're already seeing competition from that from like oems because i think Nissan saw what we were doing and like hey why don't we start just supplying Taxi services with vehicles that already come with an interface, um, but but not not really in our exact space, um, and nobody else in the world has the full tour de force of sensing, middleware, uh, interface, and even data storage on the. Can you yet. discuss the price of this car? Um, in general, I would say something like this would cost about a quarter million dollars, including okay. the vehicle. So you're looking at a you know, $65,000 car and then everything else on top sure. of it. Um, and of course, this is research-grade stuff that is nowhere near what an actual cost would be in a autonomous sure. taxi. You know, we're, we're using a lot of consumer and industrial-grade things that aren't really meant to be in vehicles, but we're, we're doing it for the pursuit of research, essentially.
0: And one kind of least unique to me was this has uh, an
1: infrared camera. Yes. And Explain the benefits of that. So this is high IR. And um, the benefits of this are any, anytime we're using white light cameras, we're always really beholden to the light quality of light or the light shining into the windscreen. So um, When I've got thermal going, I don't have to worry about glare. I don't have to worry about dusk or dark or fog. Um, and the other benefit of it is it sees warm things and warm things are the probably most important things to avoid with your car. Generally, yeah, so <laughs> vehicles and humans vehicle um, and that'll see speed, a person at 200 um, meters speed, and I can you know, identify that person is. at 200 meters okay, pretty oh, regularly so, you know, and I could know. add more optics to that to extend that even further so it'll,
3: it'll be a
1: wow. takeover so pretty far it'll out.
4: Right, I think, and, and then, all yeah. it looks like yeah, is yeah, a ski like rack online okay it got well?
1: exactly. of tin
0: cans yeah. up on it
1: yeah and essentially this this material is called 8020 yeah, works great. Um, yeah. and in in my industrial automation days that, that is the framing the we would use to build machines huh. so it's kind of, it's those are tinker toys for adult children <laughs> and, and who is doing research
0: with your uh, video, Lexus cars
1: um, the ones that we can talk about publicly are companies like Intel Qualcomm Um uh, What's that? So that? You can name a few genets. It's internet. a, Shh, it's a secret. <laughs> I have to destroy the tape. <laughs> Nvidia, yeah, <laughs> <love> uh-huh. Nvidia. <laughs> but we build Nvidia's vehicles. Uh, so right to see that, basically, know, everybody. About, we've even sold. OEMs another OEMs vehicle because it has the interface. And do you use other cars besides this Lexus? What is it? A 350? Yeah, this or what is, is, a, or this you, is an RX 450h. Uh, 450. 450. Um, yes, okay. so within the passenger vehicle realm it's typically a hybrid and the reason it's typically a hybrid um, is because we have that means it has bywire access to the braking and accelerator. And we also typically use cars that already have adaptive cruise control and active lane keeping Active lane keeping means it's got a motor in there that it can steer the steering wheel. So we kind of do a man-in-the-middle thing where I'm appropriating that motor that is already there. So we have the Lexus. I've got the Ford Fusion, like over there. Lincoln MKZ, which is basically the same vehicle. Um, We have now the Chrysler Pacifica minivan. We have a whole range of NEVs, um, Polaris Gems, which are kind of low-speed electrical vehicles. I've seen those. The Polaris Ranger, which is a kind of speedier off-road version of the Gem.
0: Yeah, I'm not familiar with that Two-seater, four-seater. It's like a hunting,
1: hunting, farming kind of vehicle. Um, we have a deal with with, with PACAR to make interface for Peterbilt um, 579 and um, the uh, what is it? The other one, Kenworth T680. So full Class 8 semi-trucks. So, so you've seen the one in there? Yeah. Who, who does that one? So that one is done by PACCAR ex- directly. So that company is Too simple uh, We supply Too simple with their first one truck. One but then Too simple actually has a billion-dollar valuation now. So they can push their weight around and get direct, direct access to these things with PACCAR. But the, 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 the semi-truck is complicated because it isn't just PACCAR, it's ZF. And Bendix, uh, well, the steering and the braking are different front entities front from Packard so completely. So it's a complicated uh, so they thing you to
0: have your own control. Box you Very box interesting, Cameron. You Thank you very much. Thanks, Bruce. Anytime. All right. Our next interview is with a company called Too Simple. Too Simple is an autonomous trucking company.
2: We're here with Xiao Di Ho. Can you hold it? And uh, is it Congress? Yeah. You can edit it later. And we've noticed this very uh, unassuming truck at the show here today and i noticed the the logo in it just a good launching place the future of trucking is now what what do you mean by that i
4: mean that we're currently hauling three to five commercial cargoes every day and using autonomous driving at level four uh conquering not only highway but also local driving Mm
2: and and i understand from that's what the beginning of a
4: longer, a longer bigger <laughs> evolution
2: sure and it's currently available uh legally not yes. in california but in in five states is that accurate or uh, in many states i think many more states. than five more but than we're five.
4: operating uh mainly in arizona and uh we're also expanding to other states
2: okay and uh your other colleague talked about when you have truck driving you hire you don't hire experts in this particular field you hire expert truck drive.
4: Uh sorry, what do you mean in this field?
2: Well, I mean they don't have to be an expert in, in the future of trucking, they have to be an expert truck driver. Yes. I mean, yes. Right. So, the, so the, go ahead.
4: Yeah, so the, the, for for this we're basically mean that the test drivers. Yes. We want the test drivers to help monitoring the system whenever if in the early stage of testing the the vehicle is trying to, you know, behaving erratically And yes. <coughs> the truck driver. <coughs> sorry.
2: Bless you. <coughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, the test driver is trying to recover the system from uh, an erroneous state. Yes, that's uh, that's the job of the test driver. But eventually, uh, we won't have any driver in the vehicle when the product is launched.
0: Did you say <laughs> that when you when this is driving and hauling a load, is there also a uh, a guy in the right seat or no?
4: Yes. Uh, the reason is very simple. We want the two people to to cross talk. So they know each other, uh, they, they know each other's thoughts, they have kept each, themselves like uh, uh, awake all the time. Sure. So I think that is a very important thing. And on the right seat is uh, the test engineer who is uh, monitoring the system status <coughs> all the time and trying to do some verbal reports to the test driver.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I had a question. Uh, I assume when something goes wrong, it's usually, <coughs> or is it 100% of the time, a um, software issue? Or are are the sensors kind of finicky at this stage of development? Well,
4: in the early stage of development, you know, there are several types of uh, kind of Testing. So sometimes we even test, we know that the system is not working uh, properly, so we wanted to dig out for the reason, so we go to the uh, private test track to do the testing. So that is like one type of testing that we do very often. So, in that case, you certainly need an engineer to sit there, do the, all the readings, and the test driver is always prepared to do the testing. But on a public road, most of the time, things are very easy you, you don't we don't really launch a very dangerous thing on the on the on the highway because it's like several ton heavy metal uh equipment
2: now if you see a very unusual car going down the highway mm-hmm. people everybody turns their head and looks at a very unusual car it could be a uh you know a lamborghini or it could be something but what what reactions have you got when people have seen this going down the road have you had any feedback on what "What, what is that
4: Uh, okay so let me tell you uh, because we were uh, testing so often in Arizona so uh, inevitably a lot of people saw our car and even myself while I was driving to commute to the office I see that our car uh, our truck yes uh, so there are several indications. If you see on the, the back side of it, normally we, we have a, a low profile trailer because mm-hmm. we don't, it, unlike this kind of events, we wanted some propaganda, but normally sure. we have a pretty low profile, wide trailer, yes. you don't really distinct that. But uh, for the trailer, when, when I'm following that vehicle, I say, oh, this is a nice truck driver because most of the times the truck drivers are driving like this. Yeah. They're really nasty truck drivers on the road in, in, At least in Arizona where I was like commuting between the office and my uh, apartment. And uh, the first idea is, oh, this truck is driving great. And gradually, wait a minute! Is that our truck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my reaction. I see. And uh, on some other cases, because I mean, I seldomly have the chance to interact with the other passenger. But uh, sometimes, uh, when I'm taking the ride, <coughs> doing the test drive with the driver and uh, uh, with our test engineers, and uh, uh, I saw test drivers are doing a uh, gesture like this. Mm-hmm. I said, "What are doing? Is that they're waving to us? Mm-hmm. So uh, well, I wanted to show them that this truck. No truck. This, is right. is, this <laughs> no truck is uh, driverless. Okay. It's driving by itself, not touching the wheel.
0: I'm kind of curious. I, I thought I knew, but the more I, I listened to your talk in the other room and all, I'm not sure, are you s- developing a system to sell to trucking companies to use? Or are you trying to just dis- mine all this data and sell to other companies or, or how? Oh, yeah. Or everything?
4: Uh, sure. The idea, the main idea, is that because this thing is very complicated, so we don't really expect that we finish. We call it a code freeze at some day, someday, and then we sell it to others because it requires continuous maintenance. What about yeah. road, uh, uh, like road? Uh, map update for example what about some minor software update what about our daily maintenance we wanted to clean the sensors for example all these things need regular maintenance and nobody but us ourselves is capable of doing this so that's why we are doing the insourcing model where we uh, where the fleets uh, they can buy trucks like this configuration and they w- then we help them to insource uh, operating the, the fleet so I basically see. we're a truck we're a robot, ta- robo truck driver company. Oh, okay, I get it now.
2: Well, on, a, on a personal note, uh, if you don't mind, you're a very young guy and you're the CEO of the company.
4: Uh, what, I'm not what, a CEO, I'm the CTO and C, the CTO. president.
2: Okay, and so what is your background?
4: Um, I, I'm, oh, well, I only look young. Thank okay. you for that. I, <laughs> well, um,
2: younger than us. How about that? Oh, oh uh, yeah, okay. Fair,
4: yeah, okay. That's fair, yeah. I'm uh I graduated from Caltech Computation Neurosystems Department, Uh and uh, my background is computer vision and uh, some of the, well, with with some sense of psychophysics and uh, neuroscience.
2: Okay, great. Um, What else do you expect uh, in five years from now? What would you expect? Where would would the company go, and what would you like to see as the the, short term uh, five year plan? Let's just Yeah,
4: okay, five year plan. So, in the next five years, uh, certainly we will have the fully unmanned uh, product launch. And uh, the, the product is going to be hardened with uh, the support of tier 1s and, and OEMs. Yes. So it's no longer like this, because this is a retrofitting thing. It's only sure. for prototype, it's not oh, yeah. going yeah. 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 to survive 10 years of like very harsh working environment uh, in a truck. Let's, let's put it that way. So okay. basically, we're going to harden everything, making everything really industrialized, mm-hmm. very hardened. Uh, and uh, I think that thing would happen, you can certainly expect that in five years as well. Okay. So you will see, a com- it, it will see an autonomous truck in this very complete form. Okay. So that's one thing. And the second thing is that uh, some more subtle things that you will see on the, where the, maybe the more fundamental change on the society side is that you will see less traffic jam, because uh, many of these trucks mm-hmm. are operating in nights, where because you know humans hate traffic jam. Truck driver also hate traffic jam. Sure. But the traffic tri- truck drivers operating hours are from eight to six, for example. Well, it's
0: regulated by the it's, DMV, like you said.
4: Uh, it's not only reg- the, the DMV regulates their hours, but their their uh, hours of working is regulated right. by the by the by each trucking company. But yes. this guy is not regulated by the trucking company. So basically, uh, you can drive. Days are nice, and uh, certainly we prefer driving at uh, a non-jet, non-traffic jam hours. Yes. So less traffic jam is also something that you can expect. And uh, uh, to be honest, in five years, the whole landscape of truck driver versus autonomous driving versus uh, driver shortage, this thing will not be dramatically uh, changed. It, it's uh, it's only going to change locally, mm-hmm. and uh, the way that it changes is that. Uh, in the next five years i think we are barely progressing to the point where we can meet the unmet today unmet demand of the shortage of the truck drivers it's not likely that the technology in five years will thrive even though i hope so will thrive to the point where it will eradicate all of the truck drivers because that's just way too soon for the evolution of the technology as i said the hardware needs to be hardened and it won't take uh, like one or two years it will take more than that to get the real final product. And once we have that, it's a slow adoption process. Uh On the regulation side, not every state is going to, uh, well, in the future, there will be a national wide uh, FMCSA Mm 3.0 regulation that allows the time driving to be on there, but uh, the adoption uh, by the fleet, Mm -hmm. by by our customers will be very, I wouldn't say very slow, but it will be a gradual process.
2: That was, I was gonna ask, it's uh, funny that you mentioned that part of it, Uh, being a layperson, uh, when would California possibly come on board as a, as a state? Uh, or will it be, all be on the national level soon?
4: I think it probably will be at the national level with a, with a, with a national uh, FMCFFC 3.0, which uh, which is proposed by Elaine Chow. Yes uh, okay. a while ago. yeah.
2: Well, very good. appreciate it. Thank, thank you very much for taking the time.
4: Our last
0: interview is with a Chinese car manufacturer who has development centers here in
2: California. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride visit AmericanMuscle.com today. I think that the the government as
3: a whole is trying to encourage more electric vehicles uh, running in China. Yes. So government is very supportive uh, Uh of new EV manufacturers. Yes. Uh, Xiaofeng is one of them. Uh, Xiaofeng is about four years old. And, uh, you know, we have about 3,000-plus employees total worldwide, and, uh, you know, including our own manufacturing lines and so forth. So we're building quite a bit of infrastructure in China. Mm -hmm. We do our own uh, charging station, charging towers as well. Yes. So we want to provide
2: more of a full functionality or services. Are there, are there many, not to mention the other by names, but are there many EV companies in China? There are many other
3: EV yeah, companies yeah, yeah. in China. And, uh, you know, the China market is huge, as yes. you guys know, and not one or two or three companies can accommodate all of the all the markets there it's right? the biggest
2: Just auto like manufacturer. The, it's the biggest automotive country in the world is the biggest market in the yeah.
3: world but if you look at here in the US we have a lot of these auto manufacturers supplying all variational cars yes. for the consumers here okay right? China is about doing that as well so in Xiongol, we have many different uh, we have plants for various different models that come out this year, next year, and many models after that. So we do have a fairly aggressive uh, plan uh, to to have more of the EV, more different models, different types of cars running in China.
0: Is this a special purpose-built car for Autonomous,
3: or is this just an existing car that you added? No, this is not a special built car for autonomous driving features. Mm-hmm. This is actually in production, and people can order online and get delivered and running in China right now.
2: Okay. Yes. What is this car called? And at the risk of embarrassing myself, could you introduce yourself to us? Your oh, name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I should have said it earlier, but yes, you're Robert.
3: Sorry. Okay. Uh, my name is Robert Liu. Yes. Uh, I, I am uh, that i run a PM organization, program management organization yes. here in the Silicon Valley. Yes. We have development centers here in Silicon Valley, uh, specifically in Mountain View. Uh-huh. And we also have a development center in San Diego as well. Okay. What we do is a U.S. development center. We're developing uh, autonomous driving features yes. for for the cars, for Xiaopong Motors cars yes. running in China.
2: And you say it, pronounce the name of the company?
3: X- Xiaopong.
2: Xiaopong. It's X-I-A-O-P-E-N-G. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. E short is palm And this vehicle that we're looking at, since we're audio only, what was the name of this vehicle? And and this uh, how many vehicle, people are driving them? Okay. Now? Huh?
3: This particular vehicle is what we call a G3. G3, G3. George. Yes. 3 Yes. And uh, it's, uh, it, it came on uh, a production uh, uh, November of last year. Yes. So this is the fourth month. Yes. And uh, we are getting very good orders, very healthy orders, and uh, you know. At, the, the and the appointments. deployments. Yes. It's a good looking car. It's very I mean, nice. It's, very looking. Looking it's, it's a different. very good looking like car. It's very yeah. good looking car. It has a lot of different features. What we focus on mm-hmm. is uh our number one priority is actually safety and quality. Yes. So we actually beat quite a bit of the safety standards. Mm-hmm. We surpass quite a bit of safety standards. Then it's also, you know, it's a it's an intelligent car as well. Sure. If you go in there, it has navigation. You have all the sensing, yes. all the cameras, and all the surroundings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, you know, it's also more of an attractive, sexy car as well. Yes. Right.
2: Now, um, if you see this car on the road in China, uh, are families using it? Are business people using it? What What has been the demographics of the sales of the car in, in a short period of time, of in course? The,
3: in the very short period of time, let me kind of... Focus. What we are trying to target is more of a millennium type of gotcha. age group. Yes, right? yes. People, young professional, with uh, you know, with a smaller family and kids. Yes, that's what we are trying to uh, uh, to get a foothold. Gotcha. Like it has quite a bit of you know uh, software. You have quite a bit of functions. Yes. And you will uh, do over-the-air updates over-the-air updates. So uh, you know quite a few upgrade will happen seamlessly over the air. Yes. And uh, that is the particular demographic or the group that we're targeting at first.
2: Again, I'm going to embarrass myself, but if you're in China and you buy this car in yen, right? What? How many yen? And how does it equate to the U.S. dollar? If it okay, if you could. Good. <laughs> so. Um,
3: one thing that I know is that the currently that in the Chinese government, the uh, government subsidy is actually because they want to promote the electric vehicle. In China, yes, China, yes. right? Uh-huh. Government subsidy uh-huh. is, 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 is is slightly more than what we have here. Gotcha. So depending on the models, depends on the packages, we are looking at is somewhere between say twenty plus k. Yes. USD. Yes. And with including the government subsidy. So, so in in our stand, you know, in our U.S. market, yes. we're actually pricing it pretty well.
2: Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. Well, Robert, thank you for your time. Thank very you. much appreciate thank it, you, Robert. Appreciate yeah. it. Oh, yeah. The Weekly Driver podcast receives support from AmericanTrucks.com, your late-model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts, from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. AmericanTrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality.